Welcome to Epilepsy Cast, the podcast about all things epilepsy from Epilepsy Action. Hello! Hey, Hattie, it's been a minute, six whole months, as well. um, apparently. Apparently, our last podcast was in September. So it's been a long time. Blimey, six months ago, and we're back um, with a special bonus episode for Purple Day, um, which is hopefully, maybe, even the day that you're listening on. Uh, it will be. Yeah, I think it will be, yeah. Um, so we're doing a, a little chat with Maisie Adam, who is uh, a comedian. She's been on um, a lot of shows you might have seen her on, such as Mock the Week, um, the Ranga Nation show, um, a lot of other panel shows, and she has her own stand-up special as well, which is on Amazon, I believe, um, called Vague. And me and you watched it. How, uh, what did you think about it? I thought it was awesome. Um, it's all about her um, her growing up and um, kind of coming of age, but um, she was diagnosed with epilepsy when she was 14. So um, all about kind of how all of that played against each other and played off each other. Um, and it's, it is, I thought it was genuinely hilariously funny. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, the audience loved it that were in the show. And it's kind of all like from her perspective, how she sees her epilepsy, how she uh, coped with it growing up and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, we'll go into that interview now and uh, take it away, us two. Yeah, I know this is a, a question you've probably heard a lot over the kind of last year, but we're going to ask it anyway because, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's become standard now. But how has, like, you know, COVID and the year and all that kind of been? Because it seems from, like, my perspective, um, like, because I watched Mock the Week and stuff like that, that you've had, like, a, a really, like, good past year almost in a weird way because you've been, you know, on Mock the Week, running a nation show, all that. And it kind of seems like your career's, like, on the, way on the up even. I like, mean... Like, I mean, I don't know if that's... I don't know what that says about me, that the, <laughs> the year that my career seems to strive in is the year yeah. that everybody else is having an absolute crisis. <laughs> um, like, I, yeah, I mean, I can't... The pandemic's been obviously, like, really tough for everyone and lockdown's been horrendous. Um, but I, I seem to have been really, really lucky with what work I've been able to do Um, and uh, yeah the fact that I've been able to to strive career-wise in a pandemic um, I don't want really that to be my 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 niche thing you know hopefully (laughs) hopefully when live crowds come back they will show up yeah, yeah. The, oh yeah, Maisie. Oh, she's 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 only really good when there's a mass pandemic on. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It, I've been very lucky, and I've had uh, I've had I've had some lovely opportunities to 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 work work through lockdown. I mean, it's been you've mentioned like the telly stuff there. That's been great, and then there's been online gigs, which uh, which have varied. Um, much like what we were talking about with the podcast, there's some that go great, and there's some that go horribly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But such is life. Yeah, of course. And what is it like to gig without an audience like there in front of you? It's really weird, but but genuinely, like all the online gigs have varied in how they are as a format. So like you'll do some where there's 50 faces on a Zoom call and it's great because you can actually see, if anything, you've got more to go off in terms of like crowd work. If you're gigging normally, you'll go, oh, what's your name? Hattie. And you're like, okay, right. Tell me something about yourself. Whereas with this, you can literally go in about their living rooms, like about their, their full name is usually in the bottom. So there's so much more to go off with. Um, 
which makes the other online gigs the ones where they're like, okay, just perform your comedy into the webcam, please. (laughs) And you can't see anybody. It's horrible. It's like doing your stand-up routine in the mirror, which is something I think you only do if you're having a breakdown. So those ones have been pretty... When you're really nervous and practising it in front of the mirror. Yeah, Yeah, those ones have been rough. Yeah, that sounds really, really rough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we... We were talking about before we started um, that we both applied to be on like one of these Zoom kind of live. Oh, situations. really? Yeah, yeah. I think Hattie was saying Radio Four. Oh, yeah, wow! Yeah, the audiences and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just take the opportunity because yeah, it doesn't come up very often. Like it's been really enjoyable as well. Like <laughs> from from the act's perspective, when we've been doing TV stuff and you you chat to the Zoom audience. It's been kind of that because I think a lot of people don't realise that when you record stuff like Mock the Week at a studio, it's about three hours. So when you've got them in the room, like as in outside of COVID times, that's 300 people who have come thinking it's going to be just like it is on the telly. Yeah. But then you're told you cannot move, you can't take photos, you can't go to the loo, you have to wait till it's done. (laughs) And actually with Zoom... You, you still have all of the people who are big fans of the shows and stuff and are giving lots of applause and everything, but they can have a wine from their fridge, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's quite, yeah. it's quite nice. Well. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice, really. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I applied to be a, very different. I applied to be on, a, I don't know, WWE wrestling. They had to go to like, like this massive arena where they've got like Zoom like oh, wow. fans all the way around. I ain't got my application yet, but I'm hoping, you know, front row just like, uh, from like that's what C- I mean it's like CD how big is it how big is it gonna get like they're doing it for TV records and then like I saw they did it with for like um Britain's Got Talent like a huge audience and I think they've done it for a few award shows I'm genuinely like what imagine if like the Olympics is just loads and loads <laughs> of it would just look like something off Black Mirror wouldn't it it really would yeah, yeah. it really would it's so it mad really would. yeah it's gonna be so it's just all been so interesting yeah it's been a weird one so- Maisie we're um we're obviously this is epilepsy cast and um we're here um to talk um about all sorts of things but um one of the things we're here to talk about is your epilepsy um and uh purple day is obviously the the day of international kind of conversation about epilepsy um and one of the things that you're really open about is your is your epilepsy yeah um i just wondered um, one of the things we're thinking about for Purple Day this year is about like misconceptions about epilepsy or myths. Yeah. And I wondered like what you've kind of come across or if there's anything that like what annoys you the most basically that people think about epilepsy that just isn't true for you. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think straight away the first one, and I'm sure you've had this a lot, but is that everybody assumes it's flashing lights and it's photosensitive. Absolutely. And so... um especially I guess suppose, uh, with, from my perspective with my line of work where you have to sort of sign health declaration forms before recording anything you say yes I'm epileptic and straight away there the lighting designer comes over and is like right. are you going to be all right with these lights these studio lights I'll, I, I will turn them on but I'll tell you before I turn them on and stuff and you're like it's, it's absolutely it's yeah. not at all to do with that it, it never has been for me yeah um so that's been like a huge and definitely definitely even before like my i went into comedy it was that was the thing i found answering the most about when when saying that i was epileptic was people worried about flashing lights people 
um, naturally assuming that that's what we had to stay clear of. Um, yeah. You know, my mates looking out for me, going, "All oh, right, okay." Mm-hmm. I remember like going to the cinema and there was an advert where there was like somebody on the red carpet with all these flashing cameras, and my mate being like, "Is Maisie okay?" And I was like, "Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> fine. I'm absolutely a okay, actually. Thanks." Yeah. Um, so it's it's. I guess that is the one that jumps out to me straight away. Um, I think as well. Um, more recently i'm i'm very lucky with my epilepsy in that it is um it's it's i'm seizure free 18 months at the moment and it's been fairly easy to control that uh and i'm very aware that i'm very lucky with mine and i know exactly now what it is that uh can can trigger it and what can what i can do to help manage it most effectively but i think one of the biggest misconceptions for people um and this absolutely is the case for some people but i get it a lot that people think it's um that it's totally uncontrollable and can strike at any minute um yeah. in almost like it's a sneeze like it creeps <laughs> do you know what i mean like it creeps up on yeah. you yeah and so i find myself often having to say i'm epileptic but don't worry, it's completely fine. You won't notice it. It's completely controlled by self-administered medication. Yeah. I've got it all. And of course I get that, that I have, to, you, you know, people need to know yeah. what, what, what the thing is. But I think because of what we see and hear about epilepsy, a lot of people immediately think foaming at the mouth, dropping to the floor, with no warning and that can happen any minute from the moment I've told you I'm epileptic yeah. and actually yeah. I think it's it's such a varied thing there's yeah. so many different types and then even then within the categories everybody's got a different relationship yeah. with it so I think the frustration is but at the same time it's a it's a mild frustration because I understand where yeah. people's Absolutely. misconceptions come from that when you're told somebody is epileptic wait and let them tell you exactly what their type is what their relate you know what yeah. their uh state state is with it um yeah. because it will be completely different i could meet somebody who's got the exact same type of epilepsy but they could be somebody who could just drop any minute and and yeah. you know it, it's so different yeah so i think just maybe like the whole hold back on any assumptions until the facts have been given to you. My favourite one, I, I do think, though, is is um, somebody asked if I had an EpiPen. I was like... Right. I think that's, uh, for, no. I think that's yeah. for nut allergies. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think... I've, I've heard of someone who was having a seizure and the first aider shouted, find an EpiPen! <laughs> and they were like, no, no, ep, EpiPen, epilepsy, they're not the same. I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been a... a a trip on university at university we were going um i think to like a show or something and somebody was like like the head of course was like maybe if you got your epipen and i was like i i don't i don't have a <laughs> peanut allergy like i don't <laughs> you might as well like ask if i've packed my wellies i don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's completely irrelevant to me yeah important for some not for yeah me. absolutely um, yeah, you're right. Epilepsy is just one of those things that affects everybody so differently, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah like um, for some people, yeah, like it's, you know, 100 seizures a day type situation. And for some people, um, it's it's controlled. And so, yeah, you um, 
got to listen to people and what they're telling you. Yeah, yeah. It is such such a varied condition, and like it's um, it's just the TV representation of you know tonic clonics and flashing lights, and that's just what everyone assumes it is. But it's so much more than that, and it's so awesome that you pointed that out. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit like um, how um, that first kind of diagnosis and the, them first seizures, um, you know, how they started because. Um, me and Hattie kind of watched your your show vague and you talk about you were diagnosed at 14 with juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. Jeremy, um, big grime artist as well. Yes. And you mentioned <laughs> Boy Better Know in vague as well. And it's I know, funny, right? It's funny you mentioned that because they did a charity auction for us last year, actually. They did Boy really? Better Know, the entire crew. Yeah, they, they auctioned us Oh, that's wicked. That's so uh, cool. Uh, at Wembley Box Park. So, yeah, I found that really funny. But... Um, yeah, just talk about a little bit about that kind of first diagnosis and how you're kind of feeling. Yeah, so, um, yeah, as I said, I was, like, maybe, I think around when I was, like, 13, 12, 13, my mum and dad noticed that I was sort of rolling rolling my eyes back and kind of do, being vacant is what they described it as. Yeah. And I never clocked it, never knew that it had ha- like before or after there was nothing beforehand that would make yeah. me think this is gonna happen it can be it can, it's funny you say that because we hear so many times that like people like of their stories saying that you know in school they were kind of staring and teachers just thought they weren't paying attention and they yeah exactly and like that. exactly yeah. and i only knew that it had happened because my mum my mum and dad would just be looking at me like that and going have you have you clocked that did, did, did that go in yeah and i was like did what go in sorry <laughs> And I think as well, like for for a while, there was probably a bit of an, an assumption that I was, like I joke in my routine that people thought I was rude because I was eye rolling. But I think there was a genuine assumption that I was maybe daydreaming or just sort of zoning mm. out of a conversation. Um, and we went to go uh, and and get like a diagnosis, you know, and they, they did the whole thing of sticking all the, like 11 out yeah. of Stranger Things, just <laughs> stuck all over my head. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, even even we, when when we were told it's a type of epilepsy, I actually don't think they used the juvenile myoclonic epilepsy at that point. They just said it was childhood absent seizures. That was all we right. were told at that at that time. Um, I don't think they call it petit mal anymore, do they? But it was that was what no. they were petit mal seizures was what they were saying, and I and that even even going back to those misconceptions i remember when they said epilepsy i was like no that's not (laughs) that's not what this is i'm just clearly going a bit vacant for a bit um and so i don't really remember it being particularly a huge thing because it was never a huge thing to me and i didn't i was zoning out for a couple of seconds here and there so i really didn't clock that it was that thing i was like yeah i guess on paper i'm epileptic but i don't Right. I don't feel like I've got something that I need to manage. I don't feel yeah. um, any particular side effects or, or... And that's another example of it being so varied, isn't it? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think as well, um, so I had a condition from birth, which has meant that I've always had two tablets in the morning, two tablets at night. I've always had it. Right. So when this was diagnosed it was like oh and now you just have this tablet it was a uh, epilim they're like you just add that on top so even in terms of a routine of getting into things of, of taking tablets it wasn't it just wasn't a huge step for me so i think for a lot of people on their journey with epilepsy the diagnosis is a big thing it really wasn't it was just like oh right i've got 
I guess I've got it. Like when people discover they've got an allergy, they're like, all oh, right, right, I've got that. I need to remember for next time. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it was like that for for a while. And then as I, as I went through my teens, it was all fine, absolutely manageable. And then got to like, and you'll have seen this if you've watched Vague, but got, got to sort of those like mid to late teen years where you you know you're going out at night with your mates and um you're drinking for the first time um and I did clock that in the mornings I'd be a little bit more vague and a little bit more slow um and uh I started noticing that like my my arms would jerk and it was always in the morning um so it was things like I'd be getting ready for school and like doing up my school buttons and then I'd hit myself in the face. And I was like, you know, yeah. but I, I didn't really connect the dots. I was just like, oh, that's, you know, weird. And um, it was usually if I'd been late to bed, not slept very well, not had my, forgotten to have my tablets the night before, anything like that. Yeah. But I'd have my tablet that morning and it'd be... I'd be right by 10, 10 a.m. by the time I was at school. It was it was fine. And then um, one summer, me and my friends, we went to a V Festival and we were driving down. Again, I talk about this in vague, so sorry if you've if you've heard all this before. But we were we were driving down and uh, it was it's just like a typical thing of of when you're excited to go to something like that with your mates the last thing on your mind is remembering to take your meds so as much as I'm sat here going oh it was just routine I've always taken meds that the night before I was staying at my mates and I think we were just so excited about what we did and I forgot to take my medication the next morning we were up early to get in the car and I hadn't taken my tablet that morning so I'd missed two two rounds right and then I was in the car and I was feeling a bit sort of like slow and vacant but nothing nothing that I hadn't had on a school morning before yeah and it would have been about three hours into the journey so about like half 10 11 o'clock in the morning and I was in the passenger seat and we were stuck in traffic and my my mate said uh because I was eating a muffin at the time and my mate said that like I just jerked the muffin went like on the floor and I didn't if somebody drops something on the floor in a car, you quickly try and pick it up, you know, yeah. Yeah. Five, five second rule or you took yeah. it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it jerked out my hand and I just sort of let it roll. And they looked at me and they said that I'd, my head had gone back. My right. arms had locked up and crossed over. Yeah. And I was very clearly like, not, not right. Yeah. Um, and they just said I was rocking a little bit. And so they they were already stationary because we were stuck in traffic, and my mate rang an ambulance. And I think in the meantime, like tried to find somebody who could help. Um, I had no recollection of this, but when I woke up, we were at the like hard shoulder, um, and an ambulance had managed to weave through and and help. and I was in the ambulance when I when I came came to. And I remember them saying like, you know what asking me the questions and being really confused and I couldn't answer them very well uh and I said I'm epileptic but even then I think I was like I'm epileptic but like not really you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they were yeah. like well no you've had a you've had a seizure and I was like well what do you mean I don't have seizures I just go blank every now and then but I don't I don't have this and my tongue was all swollen they were like you've bitten mm. your tongue yeah. you've you've had a tonic clonic seizure 
and I was like, I'll be honest, I was terrified. I was terrified because it had never mm. happened before. Yeah. And when yeah. I, I think when you've when you've been when you've lived with something for several years as well, if, you know, this wasn't happening a couple of weeks into being diagnosed. Yeah. I'd lived with it, thinking it's this one thing for a while. Yeah, and then it presented itself. It sort of went up a tier, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was I was really quite taken aback and was like, oh. Like, you know this is this is uh, this is quite big actually and and it was the first time I'd really realized that there was a repercussion for not taking my meds right um whereas before I'd be like oh I didn't take my tablets last night I felt a bit funny this morning but it's it's fine it's all okay yeah yeah I guess like I literally thought of it as like oh if you if you've got hay fever and you don't take your hay fever tablets you might feel it a bit you worse. might sneeze a bit more yeah but you're not yeah. like at death's door no. so I never really worried about it and I I the main thing I took away from it was um because my, my, my parents were on holiday as well and um the the ambulance were going you know because you're under 18 you know is there anyone we can ring to let them know and I was so determined not for my mum and dad to know I was mm. like no no absolutely not I don't want them to know and also I was looking at my mates who were in the car and they looked so worried and so concerned and it was that feeling as well of being not a burden because they were so great about it but uh, but but it was that that made me realize how serious it was because I realized how much I'd worried them yeah and Mm. um I sort of was like I I don't I don't want that to happen again I don't I don't want to do that and whereas before if I missed a tablet the 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 repercussions in quotations were, were a not that big and b only really affected me whereas this was something that mm. that could have you know really impacted the whole weekend um yeah. i mean it didn't i had my tablets we went and had a yorkshire pudding the, the, the thingy <laughs> i remember that like i remember just being like i'm really hungry <laughs> so we went and got like a, a right good meal under me and, and then I, we, we had a we had a great weekend played like 12 quid at it for yeah it, uh, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah bankrupted myself on day one um but that that was like the first the first time I, I clocked it um and uh it was it it was that sort of like made a, a kick up the ass basically I was right. trying to think of a polite yeah, yeah. way to say it but it was a kick up <laughs> of trying to make sure that I took my tablets and so um it, it it didn't happen again until about a year and a half later when pretty much the same same situation i'd been out with my mates on a night out come home that night hadn't taken my tablet and then had to be up for work um and i think i'd take i must i, I would have definitely taken it the next morning but I, I had a seizure on the way to work and it was like yeah and it was a tonic clonic one again mm-hmm. so um but that but that's something that for three for the first three years of being diagnosed as epileptic a tonic clonic seizure didn't come along till three years three years in, three years in. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think um the way he's saying there like you know you kind of wanted to keep your independence i think that's like a lot that's uh, something that a lot of like newly diagnosed people can definitely relate to and i think particularly like younger as you were and it's yeah it's almost and i think like, as well you don't, don't want to yeah it relates back to the the i want to say stigma but um the perceptions of epile- I think even at that time I still had a perception because I was like I'm epileptic but not really this yeah. was kind of like holding it right up into my face going no you are yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I realise now I always was epileptic, but it was only when I had a tonic son- to- tonic-clonic seizure that I sort of respected it as that. And I, I think I didn't want to say it because I wanted my independence, but I also didn't really want to acknowledge that I was a fully-fledged member of the, <laughs> of the <laughs> yeah. epileptic society. All right. Um, yeah, it was, it was just... It was something that I think I tried to suppress for a yeah. while um, and wasn't 100% honest with people about and wasn't 100% honest with myself about because I saw it as a threat to all of those things. My independence, my sort of young young person lifestyle that I wanted at that time, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, I, I'm now 27. I still love a night out, but it, but because I know how to manage it and I know what sort of, and I have to be honest with myself and others. I can still, it's not like, oh, I had that seizure and since then I've never been allowed back in a nightclub. Like I still, <laughs> so it's so, it's so possible to like have the life that I was so defensive of. But at that moment, it felt very much like, oh God you know here we go yeah yeah it feels in a threat doesn't it yeah it did yeah yeah exactly so obviously yeah with all of that kind of in your mind and all of that um it's a huge thing to have to like wrestle with on your own at like 17 like all of this like threat and and worry and concern but um but and still i think it's amazing um that you decided that like a career standing up in front of people and being funny was the was the career for you i wondered kind of when that when that happened when that shift happened um yeah so um <clears throat> i guess and as a youngster i was always a drama kid like i was definitely the annoying drama kid at school <laughs> me too um just absolutely loved it um and and always got the roles that were like the funny one and i i much preferred them and because you get immediate feedback. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're playing Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, you don't know if you're doing a good job because you've not got any lines where the audience are meant to immediately laugh back. That like Laughter is such an immediate feedback reaction. Um, whereas I much prefer the, the, the role, probably from an ego like perspective of if you as i say if you're playing yeah if you're playing juliet and everyone claps at the end you don't know if they're clapping for you or for the whole like production or if they thought the production was good but you were naff whereas if you get a laugh that's not for anyone else that's for you so i loved it (laughs) and i think i think i always lent more towards comedy but i never considered it as a career and then i went to drama school I had a really good drama teacher who told me to go to drama school rather than university because um, I was not interested in essays and writing and all that. So she said, you know, go go to, to drama school, which I did. Uh, and drama school is a very weird place. It's very strange. <laughs> um, and I think over, the, like, to be brutally honest, I think over the three years, I learned a lot, but a lot of that was learning that I liked performance but I didn't I didn't want to be I didn't want to be an actor I didn't want right. to be um or certainly just an actor um in I, I say that as in I'm now a comedian and I do acting but I, I definitely got to the end of that and realized that acting is um 
it's so dependent on so many other factors. So it's a lot of going to audition after audition after audition and you could be perfect for it, but they've just decided... So like you could go for an audition for an advert where you're on a date with a lad and you could be perfect for this role and you've prepped and prepped and prepped and prepped and prepped. You're exactly the type of look that they were going for, but just before you walked in, they found the lad that they really want and the lad is five foot ten and then you come in and you're five foot eleven and they're just suddenly like it can yeah, be literally that's yeah. what I mean it can be down to just something so trivial as to the fact your hair is just a little bit too mousy or you're a little bit too uh uh tall or you're a little bit too Yorkshire or you're a little bit <laughs> like it, it's it could be down to so many things and then even if you get it if you get a play or whatever or you get anything you can be great you can be you know hard work ethic you've done all the work all the research you've used all your training you're easy to work with you do the work and you do it well but the director could be rubbish or the person you're starring opposite could be a nightmare to work with um and and isn't pulling their weight and it's making the whole production naff or the the venue could be rubbish there's so many factors that it just relies it's like do you know what it is it's a massive group project and at uni i hated group projects (laughs) because you're there working away and then the other three don't do anything and you end up with your overall mark just being a bit naff even though you put blood sweat and tears into it so acting is a group project and comedy well Mm. you write it you do it if it's good you get all the praise and if it's naff you can't blame anyone else because it's all on you so and i like that control element i I guess that shows from what we were just talking about with 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 me epilepsy as a teen i like to be in control i like to be independent and make my own choices and comedy lets you do that comedy it's like as long as you've written the material you book yourself in for a comedy night and if you're good you'll get booked again so you're booked off merit you're booked off off something you've done you're not booked off somebody saying they're good or somebody getting you in there like even even if you've got a mate who will get you a gig somewhere you could turn up die on she won't get booked again so it's (laughs) it's a proper meritocracy so i i love it but i don't think i'd have realized i wanted to do comedy had i not gone and done acting and then realized all of that yeah um i think i I I find it easier as well i find it easier to be passionate about because god there's some rubbish plays out there and (laughs) well there are you know sometimes you'd be applying for stuff and you'd be like this is awful like whose whose story is and i can't get passionate about it and i'm i'm somebody who really struggles to do something unless i'm unless i'm passionate about it yeah yeah and so with stand-up you pick what you talk about you choose what it is that you want to like literally stand on stage and say to a group of people with a microphone it's like public speaking or debating you don't you're not going to get up there and do it with something you're not about so i quite like that really it's probably again a bit of an egotistical thing but I think I think stand ups like one of the hardest like jobs out there, and uh, I like hold my hands up to you because like there's that new there's that stand up to cancer thing going on where um, some oh, comedians are teaching did you watch it? celebrities. Oh, oh. <laughs> did you watch <laughs> this, Hattie? Yes. Oh my yeah. lord! Oh, 
that guy well, I was Love watching Island. it with like a pillow over me feet. <laughs> yeah me too hands like peeking through my fingers I said though I said to my boyfriend because I was like do you know what when it when it was first announced a few months back because I know a few people the comics who've done it yeah um as in teaching but when it was first announced it was like a month into covid or whatever and a lot of people were like this is not cool that channel four have given a comedy show to celebs that aren't even comedians when the comedy Mm. circuit is on such a thing and i was kind of like okay i get it then i watched it and was like actually first of all it's a bloody for a it's it's for a good cause so (laughs) yeah fine like pick your battles (laughs) should me and second of all it it actually showed that our job isn't just getting up and being that that mate at the pub that's got a funny story to say because i think jason manford said it on the show otherwise everybody would be a comedian yeah it's actually a proper skill yeah it really is and it's so easy to go wrong like just because you've got a joke or you've got a story that is funny it's not the same as doing stand-up No, it's yeah. all, all in the delivery. I it? actually really liked it because I was like, oh, it's actually proving that my job is actually really hard. Because I think a lot of the time, even, even my mates are like, yeah, all right, we can all get on stage and tell us tell a few not-not jokes. It's like, it's actually really difficult. No. Thank you. It's actually really, really hard. It takes a lot of work and effort, actually, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, so, so, yeah. Speaking of your stand-up, you, you make, obviously, epilepsy a part of, you know, your, your routines. And, yeah. Um, uh, again, going back to vague, you, you, you obviously making uh, a few jokes about seizures and that kind of thing, and you know you, you tell the audience it's okay to laugh. Yeah. And yeah. I think uh, you know humor is such a, a big way of coping for a lot of people, and yeah, like for me, comedy always takes me like to a different place. It's it's almost like a comfort and yeah. things like that. And well, kind of what made you decide to be like, oh, I'll I'll put ep- epilepsy as part of my routine. Yeah. Um so I think I think with comedy and again they 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 explored this so brilliantly well in that in that program that stand up to cancer mm. program. In comedy, I think you have to be relatable. You have yeah. like and I think people love that. I it's my favorite thing when you go to a comedy night either as an audience member, I love watching comedians and going oh my god that's so true uh, yeah, and i love it absolutely. as a comedian when you say stuff and you can see people sat there going oh my god that's you hattie or that's 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 you that you do that it's it's yeah. perfect because you know you've 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 hit something there yeah but similarly it has to be unique because otherwise it's like what's the deal with airplane food and it just it's just really yeah. really <laughs> generic so i think the idea for for talking about epilepsy, because as I say, I I didn't talk about it much. I was I've not always been open about mm. it, and as a teen, I was. My mates knew I was epileptic, but they kind of knew like how I did of like she's epileptic, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> and so with with vague, um, I'd only been doing stand up for um, a year when I did when I did vague because yeah. I won a, I won a comedy competition where the yeah. prize was to do a show at Edinburgh. Um, and so I very quickly had to decide what uh, that show was going to be about. And when you've got no profile, no one knows who you are, you're just, I think I was 23 at the time, so no profile, no TV credits, no, um, you know, no, nothing really. I've got mm. not even experience on my side. I've been going yeah. for less than a year. 
so you have to bait your show your first show kind of has to be an introduction to who you are of and, yeah. and letting yeah. letting the audience in and saying this is me so again if you've seen vague i talk about being where like where i'm from a bit about like me as a person and then i i wanted to do a show that was just about that really um but everybody does a show that's an introduction show for their first thing so what is it about you that makes it different what is it that makes you that makes your show what is it that your story is a little bit different that not everybody might have and for me it was a coming of age show but when I was coming of age I was going through this I was sort of still working it out myself I was still trying to wrestle with it still trying you know half trying to pretend it wasn't happening but half having to pretend uh, having to realize that it was yeah um managing it and i think as well it was also something that i wasn't exactly at the finish line of and i won't ever but it's still something that i'm managing and the fact that it changed 3 years you know in its format means it could it could change again so i'm never yeah. i'm never fully not to say i'm like never fully relaxed but <laughs> I, but I'm at least now at, at not at peace. That sounds very dramatic. But I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm very fine with that being the case. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to speak about very relatable humour, which is growing up, which is going out with your mates, which is all of those experiences we've all had about school teachers, about that mate in the friendship group who does X Y Z, and that one yeah. that does A B C. All of that, you know, people from my village, it was all relatable, but it had this um, perspective on it that was unique to me. Um, And I think it was kind of, it was helpful for me. I'm from a family who are very open. We, we, I can chat to my mum and dad. I can say, I say I chat to my mum and dad, but I didn't. And I still don't know why I didn't because they're so receptive and so open and so... I could say anything and I think they'd be okay about it. They'd just want to know. Um, But I'm from a family who tend to be open with the uh, more difficult things with humour. That's how we deal with it. And I don't don't say that to be like, that's how we put it off. I think that is genuinely how we deal with it. And it's it's been great. It's always been the best way for me. We laugh about it because I think if you don't laugh about it, you can get bogged down in it. Hmm. That's not to say that there's not days where it, it's okay to get really miffed yeah. about it and yeah. peed off about it and Absolutely. you want to scream about it. But ultimately, you have to find the the light in it rather than the dark. And so that's that's that is what 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 helps me with 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 this is. I can't do a TED talk. I, I just can't take it seriously. <laughs> and there's no way in this world that I was ever going to do a TED talk about it. Or heaven forbid, what would have been worse? A play. God, yeah. I, I can't. I cannot no. imagine what my play would have been like if I'd have done that. Um, uh, so it was always going to be comedy for me because that's how I communicate, yeah. really. And I think yeah. we've kind of based almost that kind of question on a recent article that came out on Mashable and it was someone um, with epilepsy who was kind of criticising a, a Netflix show that kind of made light of seizures, not in 
a comedic way almost like in a little bit of a cruel way and i think i think there's so many perspectives on it and i think it's it's it really does depend on the person like like you say you cope with humor if someone else doesn't like see epilepsy funny at all i guess that's their perspective as well isn't it yeah it's difficult and i think i and i had it with vague i had it i had it with with the material i remember and and it's always going to happen because people as we were saying at the start of this every single person's relationship with it is different yeah, 100% and you can never know what somebody has gone through with their relationship to it and that might mean that they are more sensitive or more raw or things are more raw for them yeah um however i think with with stand up you're the narrator so you're only mm. ever talking about your your, ex- your, your experience and your perspective so you're not standing up there as i say like a ted talk and being the spokesperson for something mm. you're you're being your and and it happened i remember try, like doing the material the first time not not the first time i've been but it was before i'd done vague but i was doing the material and a woman came up to me in like the interval and was like can i just say i found that really difficult and i was like oh and the gig had gone great right. but she was like I found that really difficult I said oh right why was that she's like well my son has epilepsy and he has seizures every day and it's really really hard and I was like I I don't deny that I don't no, no. like that, yeah. that that absolutely is the reality but similarly I'm not going to talk about what is I'm not going to not talk about what my reality is uh, and do it through the medium that my job is which is comedy um so it it's it's interesting and and uh, she was one person and that was four five years ago well what would it be 2017 so four years ago yeah that would have been and in that same time there's been hundreds and i mean hundreds of people who saw me at edinburgh people who saw the mock the week um clip or uh, people that have like heard other um, podcasts that I've done about it and have messaged me on Instagram to say it's so nice to just hear it done in a light way. It's so nice to hear yeah. it be normalised. And actually, it means that the people who can relate feel a bit more like represented yeah. or, or, or feel a little bit, not validated, but like, oh my God, that that's how I feel. And similarly, the people that don't have any connection to it at least leave going that was funny and i learned that it's not all about flashing lights yeah very, very <laughs> yeah. true very true yeah. educational and funny yeah exactly <laughs> we're laughing and learning yeah <laughs> <laughs> that could be your tagline laughing and learning yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> the next time we've pretty much wrapped it up really here but we every every guest that we have on we always ask one final question the big grand finale and it's um what is one thing, Maisie, that uh, about epilepsy? Um, it to someone newly diagnosed, what would you kind of give them as advice? Um, you know, I know it's a big question. Yeah, it is. It is, and because it's so different for every person, yes. you're like, I don't know what advice they need because everybody <laughs> will have a, a different. Yeah. But I'd I'd say that certainly one thing I'd like people to know. I think for people who don't have epilepsy, one thing I'd like them to know is that it's so different for every single person. So even if you know 
the type of epilepsy that they've got. Even even if you go, oh, I know it's JME, so that's not about flashing lights. It might that my my JME might be very different to Joe Public's JME. So be open to that huge like variation that 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 is out there. Um, But I think for people with epilepsy and having speaking now from experience be honest about it be honest about it with yourself be honest about it with other people as well because it's not half the burden you think it is and it's it's so much easier when it's it is that thing of like a problem shared is a problem halved it's so much easier when other people are in the know about it Absolutely. And I know it's really easy to feel like to say it to somebody else is to unload that burden onto somebody else, but it's ap- it's it's absolutely not. It's it's just um but 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 keeping it to yourself is only ever going to be um unhelpful, I yeah. I would say. Um and I think I think it's important. I think I think it's important that you share it with other people so that you get that that um normalization of conversation out there that's the only way that that happens is through people and if we all keep it like some hidden secret like with anything that's happened over the like last 50 years the more you see it represented the more you see it discussed the more you see people talking about it in a normal way rather than a don't tell anyone but or a, yeah. um, this is really embarrassing but it it makes everything so much i'm thinking now of like other comics who do it with with their things you know like going back to the to the to how varied it is as well like catherine bohart spoke when i was doing vague her debut show was called immaculate and she spoke about her ocd which i think everybody immediately myself included was like oh right so you have to have like your clothes organized in your wardrobe in color order do you know what i mean or your dvds in alphabetical or you wash your hands twice it's not that it's so varied there's so many different types of way it manifests itself people for 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 ages off of the back of that big brother series thought Tourette's was just meant that you say the f word loads and it's not there's loads of different ticks ishan akbar is a great comedian who's spoken on motley week about his hearing aid like there's Ed Gamble, who speaks about being diabetic and immediate, like just dispels loads and loads of myths. And actually it means that the next time you're at work and somebody goes, oh, I'm diabetic, you might just think back to that time you saw Ed on on Mock the Week, or you might think back to that time Catherine spoke about having OCD Mm. and it stops you from going, all right, does that mean that you're, I don't know, you're superstitious? (laughs) You know, you just, you've actually gone, oh, hang on, no, there's, there's a, there's a few different ways that this thing that this person just said they've got manifests itself. I'll let them explain how it manifests itself for this person. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. The more you get it out there, the misconceptions are dispelled and like, yeah, everyone kinda everyone learns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 totally normal for have for people to have those misconceptions because of the information that is out at the moment is quite like frustratingly Hollywoodified. Frustratingly, yeah. Hollywoodified, simplified, liquidated. It's very yeah. bite-sized, isn't it? It's like yeah. 
And also, the only time that people might ever think about it is when it says on the news, this report may contain images of flashing lights. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, ep- epilepsy is... is is that what we have with ep- with epilepsy of the flashing lights and the foaming at the mouth that is what Catherine has with OCD with the yeah. arranging alphabetical it is what like hearing aid people will have with like oh is it like a quiet place where you can't stand too near a radio because then everything will go like la- high pitched <laughs> there'll be so many different types of ways that things manifest themselves it's just imp- it's just the understanding that's important but i think that comes from both sides is us being understanding of why people have those misconceptions but just hoping that people don't assume don't mm. don't assume like you'll have the misconceptions i've made my peace with that but wait for me to 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 set it straight rather than assume yeah yeah awesome. well thank you very much yeah, it's been an absolute so much, pleasure talking thank to you, you. Um, thank you for where me. can people like keep up with you uh i'm on instagram and twitter as at Maisie adam uh it's so weird because normally at the end of a podcast you're like and i'll be gigging here and i'm like i i don't know <laughs> On Zoom tomorrow. I'm, I'm indoors for the foreseeable i think but um yeah i think uh i'm hoping that i'll be i'll be back next year with with my third and and hopefully best show yet so i thought you were going to say a final tour for a second yeah, I was gonna say third final show. <laughs> oh my god no because no I'm one shows be up retiring at 28 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no i do not have the financial um support for that um, no yeah. oh cheers Maisie. thanks so much thanks so much cheers Awesome stuff. Um, I absolutely loved that conversation. I think that Maisie had some really absolutely beautiful things to say about epilepsy and different people's experiences with it and coming to terms with it. Um, you know, we've said before on this podcast that it's a really like tough thing to, to deal with, particularly when you're a teenager and like all the through that growing up kind of time. Um, and I just think she had some awesome, awesome and really beautiful things to say. Yeah, I think incredibly relatable and. Um... You know, like she goes into so many things that I think a lot of people with epilepsy can really identify with. I think particularly like, you know, young people who have just been diagnosed. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. And like she said, just keep up with her on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And if you haven't seen her show, Big, you can check it out on Amazon. Um, yeah, but thanks that, so much, Maisie. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, that'll about do it right now for the epilepsy cast. We are planning a series too. It's coming. It might not be with Hattie because uh, she's going to be on maternity leave for a lot of 2021. But um, the best way to kind of keep up with us and the next episode of the podcast will be um, following us on social media at Epilepsy Action on pretty much anything. And if you subscribe to us on whether you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, uh, you'll get that directly to your feed. Um, But hi this might be the last podcast we do together for a little while um i'm not sure it maybe you'll be, maybe you'll yeah. drop in for a, an episode uh, in season two but uh you're gonna be missed but um i'm sure you'll be back but yes i'm sure and i'm sure you're gonna do some awesome things and if you haven't already come across our other bonus cast for purple day um which is um lots of voices of um lots of different people with epilepsy or talking about um the misconceptions that they've come across and what they would like people to know about epilepsy then do look for that in your feeds as well um i think that's definitely well worth a listen to um, and so we will be back soon 
And in the meantime, we wish you all the very best. Let's not leave it so long next time. See you in a bit. <laughs>